definitely pigeon Happy pennies on the too. cheeseburger sub, that jackass. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to lie. I don't want to get too in the weeds of this conversation, but uh, I missed uh, at least the first five minutes of the third quarter because that cheeseburger sub came back with a fucking vengeance. That was a terrible decision <laughs> oh, by God. me. An absolute terrible decision by me. Otherwise, a great which day. Is, which is so fast. It really does seem to be where you go there because I tweeted you know, the picture of the, the chicken sandwich that I had, which was pretty decently presented and i thought it was very tasty uh and, and again no, not very, helpful dangles it was yeah but still i'm just saying look you got to tell the whole story right you can't just look at one cheeseburger sub and be like oh this is how every single place in the whole stadium is because i have i you know i had a different experience at the place that i went so it seems to be that there are some places that i guess the take home here is don't order the cheeseburger sub at SoFi stadium never who you betting on? Always on black, fast stats in the pocket, whole squad, fast cash. Send the bookie, tell him bring it from the bag. No, we coming for the bag. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to the few in attendance and the thousands listening around the world, let's get ready to gamble. My name is Tony Cavallo. As always, I'm joined by Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio, and Schaefer the Sharp, Drew Schaefer Crookston, and we are the West Coast Gamblers, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network and the only gambling show that makes you money as long as you're not listening to Dangles. And you may be asking yourself, as you hear me in your headphones right now, Tony, why do you sound differently than every single podcast you've ever done in the history of this show? Well, boys, let me tell you, it's because yours truly was in attendance in his hometown of Los Angeles for the NFC Championship game, and I have yelled for three straight hours, and I have to say, boys, I don't have any fantasy updates for the Fantasy Challenge. I barely have the bet updates. I don't really have anything prepped for this show. The only thing I brought to this show today is a healthy buzz, but I'm very happy to be here and very happy to talk about another fantastic week of playoff football for the NFL. Boys, I know you watch from your respective homes. Was as, was it as exciting to you as it was to me in that in that arena? Yes. Short answer, yes. Yeah. And we'll talk all about the games, I'm sure, real quick. Uh, I'm setting a line. Shave for the sharp line. I'm going to say minus 500 favorite. Most likable quarterback matchup in Super Bowl history. Joey mm. Burrow and Matty Stafford. Yeah. Minus 500 favorite. Can we have, be- have better quarterbacks, guys? Unbelievable. The I'm Bengals trying to think in recent memory, and I can't think of any more just like guys you want. To, it's hard to want to pick a side in this one, right? You got Matthew Stafford after all those years in Detroit, never winning a playoff game, and he comes to Los Angeles and he wins two, and now he's playing for a Super Bowl, and then Joe Burrow, the first over number one overall Joe pick, Joe Burrow coming back. They were down twenty-one to three, and I'm sitting on my couch in the garage here at my house outside of Pasadena, going, it's over. "This game is done. It's cooked. over. They are. This game is the Bengals are Baggy Simpson. It's done. It's over. <laughs> and here we are. The Bengals, the Super Bengals, are into the Super Bowl. The quest for seven has not only been realized; it has been overachieved. It has been multiple realized. And and we got Rams and Bengals and I just I, it's hard I I'm rooting for both of you can can they both win 
Like, now, now <laughs> Dangles, know? it's no longer the quest for seven. Now it's the quest for one. A quest Super Bowl has never glory has never reached Cincinnati's shores, and they are at the precipice of it. And listen, uh, same thing happened in the Rams Niners game, which we will go over. It was seventeen to seven at one point, and boy, were the stands glum at that point. And the Rams came back and won that game. And honestly, when it was 17-7, I was sitting there dreading the fact I was going to have to break down a 49ers-Bengals Super Bowl. <laughs> like, And it went from disaster to absolute wonderment. I mean, we're going to break down the Super Bowl in the future weeks. We're going to do all the – we were 13-5 and five last year for the prop bets. We're going to hit all that in the future. But histories, legacies are going to be made and cemented in that Super Bowl, both sides of the coin. Very excited to talk about it. Uh, but boys, as for the bets, Schaefer the Sharp finishes the playoff run at twelve and six. A hell of a record for the playoffs. He went three and three last week. Myself, I have a very serviceable record. I have it written down some nine and six is what I ended up dangles. Dangles, you went uh, 0-5-1 this past yeah. conference championship weekend, leading you to a grand total of 2-15-1 with all the bets yeah. you gave out in the playoffs. Uh, before we go into any of the games, you want to? Uh, you got anything to say to the listeners? No. <laughs> and, uh, oh, let, let me say, uh, Drew, congratulations. Obviously, with Dangles 2-15-1, you have won the teaser challenge with a 2-1 record in the teaser challenge. And lo and behold, those Cincinnati Bengals and the long shot I yes. took. I took a long shot in the gravestones the final weekend to make sure I was yes. in the winnings for that. And the Cincinnati Bengals somehow beat the Kansas City Chiefs, giving me the championship and the money line challenge to a Cincinnati Los Angeles Rams money line parlay. On championship weekend, a hell of a way to do the bets. But I think we should start talking about the games. Let's start talking about mm. San Francisco. Real quick, Tony yeah, Square. Let's not Los talk Angeles about my Rams. betting yeah. record anymore, please. We're not going to talk about Dangles' betting record, but we always talk about getting the best number, blah, 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 blah. I do want to say one thing. My bet has graded as a loss on this show. Jimmy Garoppolo, I gave it out at 230 and a half, I believe, pass yards on the show. But as we were broadcasting Shave the Sharp had a better number that he bet before, and as the show rules, we have to say the number when we record. Yeah. So would you yep. believe I bet Jimmy Garoppolo under 234.5 pass yards. He had 235 on that last drive. That little go. negative three bubble screen. Boys, the star shined on my <laughs> face today. So I hit a bet that I had already lost. Uh. God bless America. God bless Jimmy Garoppolo. And that is why you get the better number. Um, boys, and I'm talking about Schaefer the Sharp being hot, I'm getting hot too. I'm undefeated in player props in the postseason. And also the two player props I didn't take, Mahomes to throw a pick happened, Stafford to throw a pick happened. So yeah. I'm feeling hot yeah. in these in these playoff props. And as for the game itself, the, the let's start with the NFC Championship because I was in attendance. I have yeah. to say I've been to many a playoff. I've been to many a football game, an actual NFL game in New England and a couple of other places. I've been to quite a few meaningful football games. And this was by far the most electric atmosphere I've ever been a part of. Easily the loudest stadium I've ever, uh, uh, loudest crowd I've ever been in. Absolutely. So the 49er faithful showed up. I would say it was about 60-40 49er fans. But at the end, when the Rams had to play defense and get Jimmy Garoppolo to give them the ball, I, I, I was losing my hearing. It was so goddamn loud in that stadium. And as a show, as a podcast that started out when the Rams moved to Los Angeles, trying to bring fandom to Los Angeles and, and love a new hometown team, 
I was so happy to watch that. The NFC Championship with those Los Angeles Rams against another California team. Place was absolutely packed. A gorgeous-looking stadium, a gorgeous-looking field, and a great competitive game to watch. It was probably the epitome of my fandom, of my NFL-dom in a person attendance. I had the time of my life there. The hospitality and the food at Los Angeles Rams Stadium was pretty fucking terrible. Everything else, <laughs> awesome. I am kind of jealous of your experience. I'm not jealous Absolutely. of whatever the fuck that hot dog you posted on Twitter was, yeah, Tony. Yeah, was not great. Um, but it was a cheeseburger uh, sub, Drew. Okay, cheeseburger sub. Wasn't jealous of that. Um, was watching your videos, following along. And, you know, we'll talk about it obviously at length. But just a quick shout out, man. Matty Stafford. Watched him for 12 years. So happy for the guy. Couldn't happen to a better person. I know it sounds corny and cliche, but it's true. And all my skepticism, and I had plenty of it coming in this uh, postseason, was answered. That guy was nails. I mean, Cooper Cup dropped a pass today, yep. um, which which is very rare. He made up for it tenfold, obviously, just an absolute beast. Odell Beckham Jr. has revived his career yep. uh, clearly. But, I mean, Matt Stafford, unbelievable, unbelievable uh, with the exception of that one underthrow, Tony, that you referenced, oh that that, pro- that probably could have been the game. Uh, he's played awesome, so I'm so happy for Stafford getting a chance to play for the Super Bowl. Seems weird to even say it. Matt Stafford's playing for a Super Bowl, not for uh, the Lions. But, unbelievable. You know. I mean, I, I, I mean, it's amazing. Uh, and my good friend Chris Saunders reminded me of this as we were leaving the stadium. Matthew Stafford, for all the years he toiled away in Detroit, is going to be playing in as many Super Bowls as Aaron Rodgers has. Uh, mm-hmm. I will say mm-hmm. on that on that throw where the San Francisco safety dropped the ball. Uh, I don't know how the TV feed showed it, but that play was coming directly at me as I sat on the end zone side there. Uh, by the way, best. Uh, like, sometimes when you sit in an end zone seat, you can have the whole entire game on the opposite end of the field. I was the lucky one this week. Every big play happened right in front of my face. And that play where Matthew Stafford threw the long ball, as the play was developing, my whole entire section stood up because everyone who had eyes could see how open that receiver was. And when Matthew Stafford cocked it, we all got up and we're like, holy shit, it's a touchdown. And that thing floated forever. That was Honestly, yeah. the Rams are very lucky that that was not an interception because that was a punt when it came down to it. I mean, it, you know, <laughs> that that that's a turning point in the game there, right? Because it's 17-14 at that point uh, for, for Jaquaski Tart to drop that in the middle of the field. Um, and then, you know, that was, I think, just a microcosm of the last sort of portion of that game where, you know, the last three possessions that the 49ers had are punt, punt, pick. And you can't have that if you want to win an NFC championship that you have to be able to close out here. And and also very little working in of Debo Samuel and George Kittle to the 49ers offense in the closing minutes of, of that. In the fourth quarter, generally, I think Debo had like one catch maybe in the fourth quarter. How are you not going to your main guys when when it matters most? They were just not a part of that offense when the game was, was shutting down and you know, obviously at the end, the, the, the Rams are able to get that pick and finish it off. And, and you, your hat goes off to Sean McVay. He gets the monkey off of his back. Amazing. He proves he can beat the. And what did I say last week? This is the playoffs. This is different. It doesn't matter that they've won the last six times. This is the playoffs. And the real the real G's, the real MVPs are going to show up and show you what they got. And that is what the Rams have. And that is what the 49ers didn't. And I'm excited to watch this Super Bowl because it's going to be a lot of a lot of fun. And, and, and looking ahead to that game, I think it's, you know, the, the, there are a lot of, well, we can go over it, but there's a lot of interesting things to examine. I will say, Dangles, McVay tried his best to keep that monkey on his back. The two challenges right. he made in the second half were 
egregious yeah. at best and unnecessary. The the challenge that he made for the Kyle Juszczyk almost fumble, he's getting the ball on fourth and two. They're punting to him. Why are we challenging there? What's the point of that challenge? He ran out of timeouts with 10 minutes left in the game, down by three. It was ridiculous, yeah. some of the decisions he made. Drew? Tony, you just literally put the words, uh, took the words out of my mouth. I was going to say, the, the the Rams are fortunate uh, that the that ball by Stafford wasn't picked, but the Rams, Sean McVay is counting his blessings right now. And again, he got the W, he got the monkey off his back, but as you referenced, Tony, some very weird short yard situations, some horrific challenges. I didn't I don't understand either of those challenges. No. Uh, and then obviously when, when Staff goes to sneak it in fourth and one there, you can't challenge that. There's no way you can challenge that. But, you know, you probably didn't see this on the on – the, uh, Jumbotron Tony, but McVeigh, when he pulls Trent Williams on fourth and short, or sorry, third and short, got creative there and ran a misdirection with Yushuch, that turned out to be the freaking game. Yes. So both these guys, obviously top of the top of their profession coaching, some weird uh short yardage management situations. That just shows you when the playoffs are here, everything gets a little tighter. But McVeigh has a chance to officially get that monkey off his back. And again, can't believe it, man. The Rams and going now, to the well, Super Bowl. And you have to now, feel like you're in a better position maybe going into the Super Bowl than you were going up against Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Like just from a just from yeah. a complete on paper standpoint. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm not trying Facing to Facing a guy this. that was in your house. I'm well, yeah, right. And I'm I'm not trying to downplay this Bengals team because they're great, but just because you know, compared to and and you again, yeah, as you say, Tony, getting to play on your home field. You can't argue with that. Uh, uh, you get to play a guy that was in your organization. Mm-hmm. That grew up under you, like uh, who knows you, or who, who do you know better than the man who you helped raise to be an NFL yeah. head coach in Zach Taylor? It's a very interesting matchup. We'll break that down in a second. I will say, Drew, another note I have for SoFi: the lack of replays on that big ass jumbotron that cost X amount of billions of dollars. Uh, I, I had to pull out my phone and watch the YouTube TV feed at some points on that Debo Samuel hit that they threw a flag and then picked up. They didn't show a replay of all, at all of that play. I had to pull it out. I had I had people all around me watching my phone to see the replay of whether it was a penalty or not. Very disappointed in the lack of replays from an NFL fan myself. I want to see a replay on every goddamn. Yep, it, the TV's there. I don't need to see Rams House graphic come across every five seconds. Give me one replay, please. So no, Drew, I did not see that for down play at all well i mean i'm sure that's cronky you know I, i'm sure those replays cost uh a couple bucks and he's trying to pinch some pennies you know so thanks stan definitely pinching Happy pennies on stan the cheeseburger too. sub that jackass <laughs> uh, i'm not gonna lie i don't want to get too in the weeds of this conversation but uh, i missed uh at least the first five minutes of the third quarter because that cheeseburger sub came back with a fucking vengeance that was a terrible decision <laughs> oh, by God. me An absolute terrible decision by me otherwise great which day. is which is so fast it's really it does seem to be where you go there because i tweeted you know the picture of the the chicken sandwich that i had which was pretty decently presented and i thought it was very tasty uh and, and again it was no, not very, helpful dangles it was yeah but still i'm just saying look you got to tell the whole story right you can't just look at one cheeseburger sub and be like oh this is how every single place in the whole stadium is because i have i you know i had a different experience at the place that i went so it seems to be that there are some places that i guess the take home here is don't order the cheeseburger sub at SoFi Stadium. Never. Absolutely. Well, don't feed it to your dog. It's not, if you're hammered and need something to eat, I'd rather you throw up on the side of the road than eat that cheeseburger oh, sub. You're better for it. Before we move on from the NFC Championship game, we've done this for every playoff loser so far. San Francisco 49ers, a magical run of the NFC Championship, their second one in three years. 
But Jimmy Garoppolo, in the end, I said it on our Twitter, in that last minute 47, he had a chance to make his cement his legacy. It was a huge turning point in Jimmy Garoppolo's career. And flat out, he was not able to even get a first down on that drive. Sealed the game with a pick off the running back's fingertips as he was trying to avoid a sack. San Francisco looking forward. What do they got to do? Jimmy's leaving. Trey Lance is the future. Are they going to win now? What are we looking at here? What do you think San Francisco offseason brings? Well, I think Pont said it best, guys. I mean, he's he knows the 49ers organization and out. And, I mean, he said this is Jimmy G's last year. It seems like that's where it's heading. Um, and, you know, uh, Jimmy G is going to be so interesting where he stands in our quarterback rankings because he really is just a very uh, – he's a complex quarterback to uh, – study um because yeah. he made some great throws today i mean he missed kittle wide open early in the first half that was he a bad down the but, field oh but but he really made some good throws and and i thought he avoided i thought his pocket presence was actually very very good today um but then you're right tony we said we said the same thing with the super bowl two years ago you know when the balls if, if he has the ball under two minutes with a chance to win do you want to play defense or do you want to play offense with him and i always want to play defense against jimmy garoppolo in that situation and it, and it proved itself right again so i think i do think it's the passing the torch here uh for better or for worse for san francisco and i think all parties will probably benefit from it but yeah Trey Lance, here we come, and Jimmy G, he's, he's got one year left on an expiring contract. I'm sure he'll be, I'm sure he'll have plenty of attractable suitors uh, in, in as a bridge quarterback, similar to kind of maybe Jared Goff situation in yeah. Detroit. Who knows? Yeah. But I think I think that's it, boys. I mean, you got to pay Debo. The guy's one of the best playmakers in the league. You got to pay Bosa. Um, and I think that's you know I think that's the end of Jimmy G Curtains. in San Francisco. I really do. Curtains. You know, looking looking ahead for San Francisco, I think. What this year and these previous years show you about what they're able to do is that they don't necessarily need a game-changing quarterback to be effective. They don't yeah. need a guy who can, who can win a bunch for you. Who you know you necessarily want to be like, okay, with a minute and thirty seconds left, he can win it. Now, who knows if Trey Lance is that guy? Maybe he is. I don't know. We'll see when he gets into the league. But for now, it seems to me that with the pieces they have and the way that that they run that with you know and and their coaching staff isn't going going anywhere. It doesn't seem. Maybe their offensive coordinator, Mike McDonald, might get some looks at some head coaching. But, it, you know, D'Amico Ryans is staying. Kyle Shanahan is staying. I think they've seen now, hey, we can win with a quarterback that doesn't have to break the world mm-hmm. open and and be a, a huge, a huge impact on this game. So I think that's that's something. And for Jimmy G, I mean, look, you know, he's uh, we say all we want about him. But look, the guy finished second in the league in yards per completion this year with 8.6. He was in the top 10 for completion percentage. I mean, you know, obviously the numbers are a little different because he only had like 20 touchdown passes. I don't think he throws as much as some of these other quarterbacks that are in that same realm as like the Brady's and the Stafford's and these other guys who are putting 4,000 yards plus on the on the docket every year. But, you know, Jimmy G is going to get some looks somewhere, as you said, Shave the Sharp. And I think for the for the San Francisco 49ers, you can't be anything but looking forward because you already know you don't need a huge quarterback to win. Elijah Mitchell's great. They're going to pay Debo Samuel. They have to. George Kittle's sticking around. That offensive line is very good. The defense can play and they'll be healthy next year I think there's a lot to look forward to yeah Drew I think you said it best where do we put him in our QB rankings coming after the Super Bowl for the month of February and it's going to be a tough decision he is obviously a starter in this league but how high do you put him is he top 20 is he top 15 is he top 10 it's been proven that Jimmy G ain't going to win you a Super Bowl but he could get you there 
So where exactly do you put that man? It's a very interesting situation. Uh, I will say he also almost threw another interception to Jalen Ramsey, and that throw was one of you. Everyone in the crowd saw that yeah. one coming too. The fact that Jalen Ramsey dropped that, I thought that's. I thought the Rams were losing after that play, but that was another bad, poor decision by Jimmy Garoppolo. But that's it. For the San Francisco 49ers, I can stop saying San Francisco for the rest of the season. The Rams are moving on to the Super Bowl, and let's move on to the team that they're going to face in the game that they played today, the AFC Championship. West West Coast Gamblers. Well, Drew, the moment we've been waiting for since September is finally here. That's right, Tony Squares. And in honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. That means if I bet just $5, I get 280 in free bets if I win. That's right, Tony. And DraftKings Sportsbook is now live from New York, meaning you can bet from almost a third of the country. Yes, Tony, the concrete jungle itself. If Sportsbook isn't in your state yet, play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest for Super Bowl 56. New customers can get a free shot at a $1 million top prize with their first deposit. All you got to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use promo code WCG, and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code WCG at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. You got to be 21 years or older, minimum age and location. Location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gambling resources. It's void where prohibited. You got a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee red line 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text hope ny Four six seven three six nine. That's promo code WCG for DraftKings Sportsbook. Dub C to the G. West Coast Gamblers. Kansas City to me seemed to have given this up. There was no reason in the world that Kansas City should not be in the Super Bowl right yeah. now. I don't understand really how it happened. I just would like to know from your eyes, how, why is Cincinnati in the Super Bowl and Kansas City is on the golf course tomorrow? Well, Dangles, I mean, listen, I know you feel bad about your betting record in the playoffs, and you shouldn't. You know why? Because no one knows anything. No one knows a fucking thing about this game we call football. Because when I watched Kansas Thanks, City, buddy. as everyone did, their first three drives, three for three, 21 points, the Bengals looked dead in the water. And I will say, going back to the Bengals, in their historic play, that little bubble screen to, 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 to help me out with his name, Perrine. That was so, an amazing Samaj play. P. Ryan. P. Ryan. That was an amazing and play. It, 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 seemed, it didn't seem of that much consequence. Obviously, it's 21-10. They needed that play bad, but it was something about the, the way that guy just got in the end zone. And, and, Tony, what you're referencing is, once again, Chiefs, three for three on touchdown scored, three possessions. They go right down the field. They get they – get, it was a P.I., but again, the classic P.I. in the call in the end zone. They're at the one, and they throw a bubble screen to Tyreek Hill, who gets tackled in bounds, and clock expires. And obviously, that's a huge play when it happened. Of course, it's a huge play. I would have no, no prediction that that would have been the difference in the game. And, you know, I talked about this podcast a lot. I thought the Chiefs, something was fundamentally wrong with that team the first eight weeks of the yeah. season. I kept fading them. Something wrong with their defense. Their defense had completely turned it around, and they looked clicking on cylinders. And I don't, I you know, I'm not an X's and O's 
you know, expert schematic guy. I want to know from like what happened to them in the second half where they couldn't score. They couldn't move the ball. Yeah. It was so peculiar. And then how about this to get the coin toss again in overtime, yep. again in overtime. And instead of going right down and scoring, you throw a pick, the rest is history. Evan McPherson's quietly making a case for the, the most clutch kicker in the history of kicker. He's a rookie. Unbelievable. But, but I, but Tony, I, I, I'd like to hear Dangle's thoughts. Obviously, I'm just, I, I'm dumb. I'm with you. Like, I have no idea what happened in the second half where they not only could score, but they were visibly, visibly uncomfortable. They couldn't really move around. I mean, it was so bizarre. So I've read somewhere Andy Reid, Mahomes, both kind of show some blame here. But tip your freaking cap to Cincinnati fucking Bengals. Who day they are going to the Super Bowl? We can't lose sight of this. Uh, but I, but I am as confused as anyone about the second half performance and overtime performance of the Chiefs. And I, I will tip my cap to T. Higgins in the second half there, who every single time Joe Burrow threw it down the middle of the field in a needed throw, T. Higgins was the guy who caught that ball over the middle with with Cincinnati, uh, Kansas City players draped all over him, still brought it down, still got the first down. T. Higgins had a hell of a game. The whole Bengals offense had a hell of a second half. I will say. The, the crowd at SoFi, 60-40 San Francisco and Los Angeles Rams fan, very cordial to each other, but nothing brings a hated rivalry together than cheering on the Kansas City Chiefs to lose in the game you're going to play in the Super Bowl. Every time the Bengals did something, that crowd <laughs> cheered together. They were high-fiving each other. Nothing brings it together like trying to beat the Kansas City Chiefs and not play them in the Super Bowl. Dangles, you watch this AFC Championship from the comfort of your own garage. What do you have to say about what happened? Well, I mean, you know, what you missed, Tony, was not a whole lot. I mean, the Chiefs came out and scored on their first three possessions. Uh, and then, you know, in the second half. And I, I really thought I was, you know, and sitting talking with some of our friends, and I was really surprised at how conservative the Bengals' offensive game plan was in that first half. They didn't throw a lot of long passes. They didn't, you know, the completions they did have were very short. They kind of seemed to be trying to dink and dunk it in a lot of places. And, it, you know, I'm just mm. kind of sitting here going, what are you doing against this kid? Like, you have to score. You can't sit in there and settle for field goals and dink and dunk football against this kid. Kansas City Chiefs offense they're going to get out ahead of you and sure enough they did 21 to 3 at halftime but for me boys the defining play and honestly if you know hey look if you were if you grew up a, a you know a, a fan of Disney movies like I do or I did and and you you know this is like Beauty and the Beast it's a tale as old as time right you got Patrick Mahomes with about 40 seconds left and what does he do? You know, he gets a snap. He rolls out a little bit. He tries to do a little bit too much. And he's been getting away with it all game long. And he tries to do too much. And he fumbles. And they recover it. Mm -hmm. Joe Thune recovers it 15 yards back. And then instead, they're looking yep. at a, a, you know, they were this was on the nine-yard line, Cincinnati's nine-yard line. Yep. That was their opportunity to put this game away and end it right there. And Patrick Mahomes tried to do too much. He had he had an opportunity to throw it away. He could have He could have tossed it out of bounds. He had receivers that he could have thrown close to. And had another opportunity from the nine to make that play. And instead, they were looking at fourth and like, you know, 16. And then they ended up having to kick that field goal, sending them into overtime. And then we all know what happened from there. So that, to me, was kind of one of those things where we all talk about how great Mahomes is. And he is great. And he's going to continue to be great. And he does things that no one else can. And he's revolutionizing the quarterback position. All those things are true. 
but he also tries to do too much sometimes. And I think this game, especially down towards the end, there was an example of Mahomes. And then you saw it again on that. And now, granted, the interception was a tip. Um, so it's hard to, you know, necessarily put it all on Mahomes there. But he did throw it into double coverage. Uh, Von Bell was there as well. Uh, obviously, he picked it off. So it was, you know, there, were, there was more than one Bengal there. So um, kudos, kudos to Cincinnati. It just could not be happier for that franchise in that city. They were 2-14 two, two years ago, guys. This is, and you by know, the an way, incredible turnaround. Dangles, unbelievable. I, I literally forgot about that play when Mahomes was going back, backpilling, fumbled. The season was in balance. The offensive lineman falls on it. The reason I was distracted by that is we have to pause. We have game. to we have to hold the Tony Romo best uh, broadcaster of all time speech for a couple uh, years, Tony, because this is what you did not hear. Tony Romo on air discussing with Jim Nance if the Bengals should intentionally let the Chiefs score and take the lead so they'll have time on the clock. What is he talking about? Tony Romo, I repeat, Tony Romo was contemplating if the Bengals should allow when the Bengals are up by three, if they get a stop and they kick a field goal, it's a tie game, they get the ball. He was literally literally thinking out loud with Jim Nance on national TV if the Bengals should intentionally let Kansas City Chiefs score to get the ball back with time with an opportunity to win. Romo, man, tough, tough look. But I mean, I like the guy, but I mean, that so, was that was pretty bad. What you're saying is we know Al Michaels is retiring. There's going to be a lot of shuffling in the seats. Troy Aikman is out of the yes. Fox deal. There's going to be a lot of shuffling and announces. What you're saying is NBC, Fox, CBS, NBC, they need to look at the three of us to be the primetime host of one I, of those I networks. I literally said, I'm available, okay? <laughs> I, I'm I, I'm. I'm available. <laughs> yeah. How about our guy Chris Myers? Perfect. Get him in there. Chris Myers. Get uh, our guy Chris Myers uh, in there. We did the dog show this weekend, the Pekingese one. Nice job, Chris. <laughs> he loved it. Hey, we yeah, talked to him about weekend. the Westminster uh, dog Pekinese show. Last thing, I'll, last thing I'll say about the Bengals is kudos, kudos to the Bengals for doing a great job projecting Joe Burrow today. That against that fierce uh, uh, KC Huge. front four, they allowed one Huge. sack after giving up nine. That is massive and a big confidence booster. Got to be for those offensive linemen on Cincinnati going into this bang. And and that's going to be sort of looking ahead to the Super Bowl as we transition here and, and kind of look ahead to that. I think that's one of the things I talked about last week with the Rams and the 49ers was trench play. And it's going to what I'm going to be looking again here in the Super Bowl trench play. That defensive line for the Rams, obviously very, very formidable. We'll see what they can do against this uh, uh, somewhat injury ridden. Yeah, uh, great picture of a uh, great picture won. of Joe Burrow and Jamar. Chase's dad after the game smoking cigars together made me think of me and Dangles hopefully smoking cigars because <laughs> uh, our boys hit a same game parlay uh, um, <laughs> from our partners at DraftKings. <laughs> maybe uh, one day, Dangles. Uh, in the history of the NFL, no quarterback has ever won the Heisman, the national title, and the Super Bowl. And Joe Burrow has a chance to do that in three years, three calendar years. It's insane. It's insane. I'll be rooting for him, and I'm also rooting for the Rams. And we're going to break that whole entire Super Bowl down, and I can't wait to do it. That'll be coming up in the next few weeks. we got a lot of big things planned in the next few weeks. The next episode coming up this week will break down all the new coaching hires, all the movement around the league, sort of forecast, maybe touch a few different sports that we haven't touched on over the past few months because who wants to talk about the Pro Bowl? Nobody. And then coming Super Bowl week, Coming Super Bowl week, we will be Everyone. doing a hell of a lot of podcasts <laughs> to break down the final game of the NFL season and all the bets you can take to make 
some money. But I do believe that's all for our recap show, boys. Only two games to talk about and what two games they were. I need to go rest my voice. I have a couple of big-time radio hits to do this week, and I need to make sure I have a voice to do it with. Oh, Tony Hollywood now. Dangles, they call Tony him Golden Hollywood, Throat over there. They call him Golden Throat. Big-time radio Someone hits to do Someone might be on the week. Mike Vick show. That's all I'm saying. But it's going to be a big week for all of us for the West Coast Gamblers. But... I do believe that's the end of the show. For Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio, for Schaefer the Sharp, Drew Schaefer Crooks, and my name is Tony Cavallo, and we are the West Coast Gamble is a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network and the only gambling show that makes you money, asterisk, as long as you're not listening to Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio. And as always, thank you for listening. Hate you. Dub C to the G, West Coast Gamblers. Have you ever wanted to know how to win a Formula One Grand Prix? I mean, really know. Know about the driver tactics from the cockpit, the strategy calls from the pit wall, and even the mind games in the paddock. There's a lot more that goes into winning a Grand Prix than just 90 minutes of racing. So every week on the F1 Strategy Report, we're taking a deep dive into the decisions that shape every result. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and every week I'm joined by an expert guest from the paddock to talk through the big calls that won the race and the missteps that resulted in bitter defeat. Before every race, we'll look back at the previous year's result and consult the current form guide, and we'll be in your feed after every Grand Prix dissecting the outcome and what it means for the championship. So for your regular hit of Formula One analysis, subscribe to the F1 Strategy Report wherever you get your favourite podcasts. The Strategy Report is a beer mogul podcast on the Evergreen Podcasts Network. My name's Michael Laminato, and I'll catch you after the chequered flag.